Good evening and welcome to our second installment of Under the Helmet. I'm your host, Terrence Biggs. Well, for fans of the APDFL, you got your opening weekend. And I got to say, just from afar, the idea of a triple header weekend kickoff is is brilliant. I like it. You get fans for 15 bucks get to watch three games in the course of a day. They get to eat concession food, which... Living in Wisconsin, concession food down south, I'm guessing it's 15,000 times better. You get actually like real food, which is always a plus, but you also get quality football. Although each of the games were, you can consider them blowouts, I learned a lot by watching the stream. And thanks to the league for streaming the games via YouTube, which serves a message for each team if you want coverage and you talk to quality film is the way to do it. So let's kind of kick that in in high gear and get that right. Now, first thing I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about them out of order, but the East Alabama uh, presidents beat the presidency rampage 48-26. Now, covering the summer league, or the former summer league I used to cover, I became aware of the EAP and knew that they always brought sound, sturdy defense to the field where the question always was the offense and with a new coach and her foot and just they decided to run the ball directly at the uh, rampage and batter them and it was old school it was punch you in the mouth here it is run the ball smash mouth downhill which i'm not sure if there are too many defenses that can handle that frustration of just constantly having to stop the run but they also received enough from their offense, which just all, just overall their offense worked. Defensively, they did what people who know EAP expect. They forced six turnovers. They were smashing the, the rampage at the point of attack. They have long corners who can cover. They're going to be the team that no one talks about that but will shock somebody this year. One of the three or four favorite teams is probably going to have to take an L from the uh, Predators before too long. Next game I want to slide into is the Louisiana Lightning over the Alabama Tigers, 54-12. Yes, this game was out of hand, but it was close early, where it was 18-12 at the half. And the Lightning started uh, Melvin Davis. For those who don't know, Melvin Davis played in the GDFL, he suffered a knee injury while playing in Germany. It's taken him roughly two, two and a half years to recover, and he is a dual threat. What I saw early from Mel in this game was not so much nervous, but he was just so amped up to play where some of his throws didn't hit just right, but then you could tell as the game wore on, he found his stride. And despite not being the tallest quarterback or the most physically imposing, he generates pretty decent velocity on his throws where he doesn't really throw up a duck. They're, they're more of like on the line or he shows excellent touch. If they can get him blocking, especially on the right side, the Lightning are going to be dangerous. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be interesting to watch. They have uh, the rivalry game with the Crest City Kings coming up in April, and they're going to be a whole entire issue. The last game I want to talk about are the Carson City Kings versus the Georgia Kings. Now, Carson City finished last season 9-1 and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. But what you find from Cook Washington and the Carson City team is that they are ferocious defensively. Their pass rush, they get home. I always kid about how the concept of the two-down Two-down linemen and the, and the two edge rushers always just, I can't focus or I'm not a fan of that defense, but it works. And you have the talent from Gorham to Jones to 58 Stu on the outside. You have the talent to, to get home. They show the ability to create and wreak havoc. And it's just it's it's just fundamental in the sea. On the other side of the ball, Jaron Walters he might be one of the two best quarterbacks that are in the league still at this point where he made a throw. He makes throws from the 
far sideline or the far hash to the near hash. That takes arm strength to get the ball all the way across the field and to get there accurately. He has one of the better throwing arms in this league. And if his if his receivers continue to show that they are going to hone their craft as far as developing timing with him, the Kings will go far. On the other hand, I saw Georgia, and I know they're a first-year team, so we're going to reserve judgment, but I did replay the stream a few times, and it's not so much on the field that was concerned because they're, they're facing a team, a veteran squad that has years of practice together and playing in game conditions, but what I heard off the field was a lot of people screaming on the sideline at each other, cursing and just being mad at each other about the score of the game. All of us get competitive, but you got to realize that you you still have eight or nine more games of this, so kind of keep your head up, Georgia. Another point I want to hit on is the the watch list, the horizon list. It's a list that the league puts out that they list. And thank you, we're back. Due to the wild wind conditions here in Wisconsin, we've had to deal with a lot of inclement weather. I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Kelly. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. How are you, sir? I am not bad. It is cold. It is windy up here. We got, there was a 100-car pileup on the highway here. It's, it's, it's been a mess. Oh, man, I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's, we're not cold. We, we, we're, we're, absolutely, we're warm. Uh, tonight is a little cool. It's about 54. But uh, we're, all right. we're all right down here. You know, the commission uh, kickoff classic was last night. Uh, now, Matt. Now you, now you saw that the you saw the Kings game. You saw the scoop and score. There was a play that somebody pulled, like that somebody objected to of a Georgia player being pushed in the back, and there was a whole to do. You played football for how long? And they, the people were super angry and super testy about it. That didn't look like that bad of a call. Do you think that's more of somebody overreacting? Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you, that's football, man. Um, as I, as I tell the guys all the time, it's, it's, it's some stuff you know it's gonna be foot, uh, it's, it's football plays. Last night, I, I can really say, um, with the, with the refs, and uh, from looking at uh, all three games, uh. It was very few questionable calls. Um, definitely a lot of first game jitters between uh, people, and just knowing the rules. Now it was some stuff that, yeah, like I said, it was a few calls that you felt like the referees kind of like, ah, I don't know about that one. I don't know about if, if I call it there, but for the most part, I I feel like it was even on all three games. But definitely, I think it was an overreaction. Um, on the scooping score, I mean, you you're mad at the refs, but did you see the hit? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the defensive player, I mean, came in untouched. So who who are you more mad at, the refs, or are you more mad at your lineman for not making that block? He whiffed. He that was a complete whiff, and I'm sitting there while I'm watching it. I'm like, uh, you might want to just not really. You know, like get a get a hat on that guy. Right. You 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 want to fuss with the refs, and uh, you know that's a big thing that I hate. Why fuss with the refs when uh, the guy who's supposed to be keeping you upright he misses a a, a, a block? What what about that? I mean that that coming because there was a long discussion about. It. I'm like, dude, they, um, uh, Georgia was in trouble before that. And they were in trouble after that. Don't you know? We can't sit there and say, "Well, you know, that that play was this." And he pushed him. He didn't go about his head. He pushed him in the back. Was it worth the penalty? Yes. Did it change the outcome of the the play? No. He had scored. That that game had a had about four um, unsportsmanlike conduct, and that's that's you know it's. We're not going to excuse that. That's some of the behavior that needs to be fixed on both sides of the ball and by both teams. But that play wasn't like he didn't go high, he didn't go up low, he didn't punch him. 
And what kills me is this. Like, you see people who will sit there and take the social media and say, well, I would have did this. Just make sure, my grandmother always said, before you sit there and complain about the condition of somebody's house, make sure your own home is clean. Right. And these are the same people that will be, quote, unquote, hiding videotape or hiding game film because you know that you and I will sit there and watch it and, and pick, a, pick them apart because it's just we know that at this level there are there's sometimes a um, level of skill discrepancy or disparity I should say and folks tend to get a little bit in their chest and their feelings and my thing is this you want to stop somebody or you want to stop somebody from talking on, on the field beat them beat them keep beating Absolutely. them and I just and for me what was your biggest take from the weekend? Um, Jared is still Jared. <laughs> um, uh, definitely, uh, he definitely uh, made the secondary pay when they when they were out of position. Two pretty two pretty fade balls. Um, in the corner for, for scores, uh, one 15 yards, one is a 10. And, you know, anybody who played enough football or watch enough football, a 10-yard fade or a 15-yard fade with timing is hard to stop. And if, you, if you're not in great position, you're going to get uh, eight alive and saw it twice uh, with Jiren throwing it right over the, the corner's uh, here for peeking in the backfield. Uh, shout out to the home team. Uh, EAP did a great job. Still got a lot of stuff to clean up. Uh, the Predators, they, uh, you know, defense is going to be solid. Offense is getting there. Uh, still did a great, great job putting together uh, some stuff. Um, Terry, you going to think it sound crazy, but I'm going to go out here on the limb. Uh, the Rampage might shock some people. They're young. They're extremely young. Once they start yelling, though, they're, they're not going to be uh, a pushover team. Uh, they were in, in the game uh, last night. They were uh, all up to about late in the second quarter. Uh, EAP would start to pull away, and then but they came right out, opening the kickoff. They they're fast, and that's that's the best thing. They uh, numbers, they don't. They I think they got about 30 people right now that travel, but they're gonna get there. And then Louisiana Lightning might be a real problem. Uh, Melvin Davis is like he like he like I said in the opening, he took about two two and a half years to get that knee right. And if that knee is anywhere close to being right, the fact that he can move with his with his legs and, as I mentioned, he has pretty good like he can spin it. And whew, if they get any off consistent offensive production from him, they're gonna be a real issue for people. Yes, sir. Yes, now sir. we have a guest on the line. We have the probably it is not 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 even probably he is known as the best dual threat uh, quarterback in the APDFL. He he is an exciting player. He is one to watch. The uh, quarterback of the Gulf Coast Gators, Tyrone Jones. Ty, how are you doing tonight, my man? I'm good. How are you doing tonight, sir? I am good, man. How is the uh, weather down there in Florida? Uh, it's all right. It's a little chilly right now, but it's all right now. It's... Man, listen, it is cold up here. I... I sneezed outside. I thought I heard like glass breaking. I thought I was going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come walk through the door. It was <laughs> it was oh, brutal. Man, but no. but let, let me get it right into it. So you you moved from the Jets to the Gators. What was your th thought process when you switched teams? Uh, well, basically, you know, I felt like I really ran my course at the Jets. You know. Um, I thought I did as much as I possibly could last season, you know, trying to, you know what I'm saying, be 
the quarterback, be a leader, you know, and do as much as I can, never give up on the guys. But I saw a better opportunity at the Gators as far as, you know what I'm saying, offensive coaching and developing my my mentality and learning actual offense, you know what I mean? Yeah. So being part of the system, basically. Now, Matt, you have played on a few different teams from college to high school to semi-pro. When you switch teams, what goes into what went into your mind or the mind of people that you know have switched teams? Um, buying in. Once you once you switch teams, you gotta buy in. Um, you know this is your chance at a clean slate. So, you know you get to learn your players. You you gotta you gotta talk to them, communicate, try to learn their tendencies and stuff like that, but still bring to the table what you do best. Um, a lot of guys are switch teams, and they want to they want to be the they want to be the man. And you can't you can't you can't be the man uh, right off the bat. You got to earn that strike. Uh, Tyrone, kudos to you for switching teams. I ain't heard number good things about you coming over and and you know gelling with the people. Thank you. Uh, I, I mean, I know what you bring. I've seen <laughs> I've seen it live. Uh, it's like chasing a rabbit out there. And, uh, and I mean, for him, not not saying that the Jets aren't a, a great organization, but for what he brings to the table, I think he has the complementary pieces around him that's going to make him even a bigger threat and more dangerous. So as long as they're buying in and Everybody is doing what they're doing. I know y'all got uh, JB, uh, Mims, a few of those guys there. I mean, those those are guys that understand who've been in championship situations, and they know what to do. They know how to get there, and what you already got with Enrique and and uh, Isaac, and uh, I don't know if LB still there. I think he he's moved on, um, and a few other guys. Uh, Jalen, Kobe, y'all. I mean, that's a championship recipe down there. That's that's a dangerous team coming out of, out of uh, out of the national conference, especially with a no. bunch of guys who come from different organizations, but they all come with a ch- uh, championship pedigree. I, I I agree with that because if you, if you look at it, the uh, Gators last year, they had eight guy, eight different guys take snaps under center. That's a lot for for a team that still made the playoff. Eight different quarterbacks. Ty brings a stability to it. Ty, now let, let me ask you a question. When you left the Jets, a few of your new teammates decided, and a few of your old teammates, they had words. You have stayed out of the fray because you just want to go play football. When, mm-hmm. And you have two teams in Florida who want that, that North Florida, that shine, that spotlight. Do you feel as though there is a rivalry between the Jets and Gators, or do, do, do you feel as though because they're at two different points in their path as far as being different franchises that the rivalry isn't there yet? Uh, I mean, I feel like it could be a rivalry because at the same time, we are from the same city almost. So it's like we know each other. It'll be more like a friendly rivalry than anything, you know? We're not going out there trying to hurt each other or anything like that. But we are going out there to compete. And I know they're going to give us our, their, their best shot as well as we're going to give them our best shot. You know what I mean? So it's going, to, it's going to have rivalry tendency to it if it's not a full rivalry yet. I agree with that. Now, Matt, to your point, being someone in Alabama in the Opelika area, it, it seems as though you guys have like 15 teams there. And you have a lot of guys who play, who play in different spots and play together. How difficult is it for guys who have played together to summon up that competitive spirit and want to do everything they can to beat somebody? Um, you saying when they when they switch teams? Yes. Or oh, it's it's not hard because it you gotta have you gotta have you just gotta have it in you. A lot of times, if you switch teams, you wanna show them like, hey, it's all love. I don't hate none of y'all, none of this. But I want to show you what you were missing. I want to show you what you what, what we got going on over here. And um, it ain't hard to conjure it up. 
it uh when you you know when you first pull up and as it 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 gets closer and closer you're gonna have the guys wolfing at you and stuff like that. But then by the time game hit you ready to do you lock and loading I mean it's the game you've been circling. We all say one game at a time, but that game that game when you go back against a team you played against it uh you you ready to rock and roll with it. So no, I don't think it's too tough. No, no, Ty, you we're gonna move from the Jets to the upcoming game. The uh, Gators will play the South Alabama Dolphins, formerly well not formerly, because they they have some of the players on the old on the uh, mobile generals. Now, there's been a lot of chatter between these two teams, like to the point of I wouldn't say dislike, but to a point of just not getting along and to a point of just constant talking. You're facing uh, a Dolphins team that will probably sport a fairly decent pass rush. Because you because you can move around the pocket and you, are, and you show good feet, what advantages do you think you have over a, a pass rush that will be coming at you every time? Uh, well, this year, to be honest, mm-hmm. O-line play is an upgrade here at the Gators. So the pass rush, the Dolphins have a heck of a pass rush, by the way. I give them all the props and all the credit. They defense, it's, it's, it's a different animal, man. But the offensive line we have, I feel like I have more time now, and I think that's where my advantage will come in. Plus, we have a system in place just for that heavy pass rush. So, you know, that'll give me an advantage mentally, you know. Now, Matt, when you see somebody with a pretty stout pass rush, if you're an offensive coordinator, what would you do to kind of stem that tide? To, to, to kind of stop the pass rush? Sir. Oh, Football one on one, I'm running right at it. You want you want to rush me, I'm gonna run right at you. But if you're gonna to try to come there, a lot of uh, quick routes, a lot of uh, play action may not be there, but your quick hitches, your your swing routes, your bubble routes, stuff like that. We're going we're going right at right at that pass rush. Um, you kind of I'm throw it where you where you left. It's all about timing. Uh, now, if somebody like Tyrone's in there, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I got to make it a little bit more exotic, and hopefully he don't pick up on it. But I'm not I'm not gonna take my chances with trying to chase him down the field either. Um, but that's that's the biggest thing with any offense coordinator. Uh, trying to trying to find just that open space. Tell my quarter, my my quarterback and receiver, hey, play pitch and catch. If that linebacker and them ends are shooting up and coming hard. Don't, you know, be smart. Just get open. Take, turn that quick hitch right there. Get what we can. Because you know, a lot of times you see it all, the, and people see it all the time. No five yard routes turn into a fifty yard touchdown. That's true. Now, Ty, you have. Like when you when you see a team like South South Alabama and just like Matt was saying how they will come upfield, chances are they might not have a spy. But when you see when sometimes during the course of the season you will probably encounter a linebacker who will who will be solely tasked with spying you and making sure that you don't run out the backfield. When you see a linebacker, who you know that you can beat the corner. How do you not fight the urge to get that corner every single time? Um. Well, I just run as fast as I can. Honestly, <laughs> I just be giving, I be giving all my, all, giving my all, trying to get to that corner, man. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. But, you know, I just try to get there as fast as I can. Now, so. now, Ty, to from what you've seen in the league so far, is there a linebacker, regardless of whatever team, that you think will that could be fast enough to beat you to the corner? 
Um, well, the only linebacker that I've seen that could get me to the corner, he plays for us now. He used to play with the Scorpions or Ant Brown. That's the only mm-hmm. linebacker that I would face that could actually catch me to the corner. Um, other than that, possibly uh, Marcus Gwynn from the uh, Dolphins. He's pretty quick now. He he's he's pretty fast out on the sideline, so I I could give it to him. Honestly. Now, if you see like them, because you not so much the Dolphins, but you will see teams will try to roll up a safety and use that as someone who will try to spy you. Now, safeties are by nature a little faster. When you see mm-hmm. a safety, and do you tend to use flat out speed more, or do you want to just hit a quick move and then go? Uh, the quick move I would go with because. Them coming straight at me, and I'm going straight at them. I'm unpredictable at that point. You know, I could do, I could do, right. I could juke left. I can do a spin, stiff arm. You know, whatever. Because he's out a bone position, coming straight at me. Because I got a better, I got better vision at him right there. You know what I mean? Mhm. Yeah. So you now, know that that's that's my point of view of it. Now, Matt, when you see early on, you have the Gators. The Dolphins, the Blackhawks, who are all chasing the dynasty. When you look at this Gators team, Matt, what do you see as far as the biggest hurdle they have as far as being able to track down and defeat the dynasty? Running the gauntlet. They they got a they have a extremely tough schedule this year. Um I think running the gauntlet and they gelling to get together as a team is gonna be their uh it's gonna be their their hurdle. But uh, and just staying healthy. I mean that's with any team. You staying healthy and uh, just making sure that they're improving every week. Those 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 are gonna those are gonna be their their hurdles. If uh and don't get caught up in the hype looking forward to playing the dynasty first. Get through get through uh what do y'all have the first game, Tyrone? Uh, oh no, we got the Dolphins first. Uh, no, got we got the Dynasty like right. week four or something like that. Right. Don't don't get caught up looking week four and you got the Dolphins in front of you or whoever else is in front of you first, you know. Yes, uh, the the hardest man to beat is the man you never see coming. That is true. And, uh and um I think that's the that's going to be the the biggest thing. Just not not by not building up to the height. Just you know taking it one game at a time and then getting getting where they need to be. So th- those are the hurdles because uh, I mean right now <laughs> they they look like the one of the top. You know I always say top five with everybody because they all the top five is always interchangeable. They're definitely up there. That's I mean there ain't no bones about it. So I think that's just their biggest thing, just yelling and just not looking ahead. Those those are the two. Now, Ty, what, as a quarterback, what do you still think you need to work on as far as a weakness in your game that you want to improve upon? Um, well, I really definitely – I have improved upon my reading abilities. Um, that was one of my things about lacking this offseason is reading defenses. And which I'm still not perfect at it, but I've gotten better at it, and it's come, it's just coming along much faster. And also, um, I could say, you know, not taking so long to get rid of the ball when I'm back there. You know, like I, that was probably one of my problems. That's why I ran so much, I think, because I held the ball pretty long last year. So, you know, just improving on that, that could help me out, like, immensely. Now, Matt, to your point of what what you've seen so far this this weekend, and right now, if you had to lay a paycheck on it, if you had to go to your local casino and put down the paycheck on the team that outside of outside of outside of the Gators and outside of the state of Alabama, who poses the most direct threat to win the championship outside of? The dynasty, the Gators, and any Alabama team. Uh, Crazy City. 
Chris City Kings. I agree. They they bring a fierce style of defense where they they, they attack. They just their their pass rush gets on you in a hurry, and they're solid at all three levels of defense and offense. Like we mentioned, how a Jaron might be the best thrower of the ball in the league. Ty, to you now. We saw you at your first practice. Can you talk about what it was like that first uh, Gators practice? It was exciting, man. It was just like I felt a whole different vibe out there. I was like, I came out there and I just like felt home in a sense. You know what I mean? Because these are guys I already knew outside of semi-pro. I knew them since high school almost. So it's like it's a rekindling of our connection. So it's just like we're out there having fun, you know, getting the plays in, repping the plays, doing what we needed to do, and did it efficiently, you know. So it was like, man, that's it was exciting to me. Now, when we saw you at your first practice, we saw like the the photos. We need to talk about that shirt. Oh, I was going to stay all day, baby. No, we need to discuss this. Um, I was hurt and uh, triggered by that one. As a North Carolina guy, uh, a UNC fan, I have no appreciation for Florida State. However, it's not Duke, so I'm okay with it. What? Oh, man. What FSU uh, quarterback, Matt, I'm uh, sorry, Ty, do you think that you will, or you try to um, uh, pattern your game after? Or are there parts of each that you kind of use a little bit? Uh, honestly, passing-wise, I really like DeAndre Francois' passing game. I know he's just a lot of, like, flack and stuff about it, but that man can throw the ball with the defense. I mean, he really I, can. I thought he was going to give it Charlie Ward. I thought he was going to Charlie Ward, too. This is how old I am. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, Charlie, Charlie Ward, man. I yeah. thought Charlie Ward, like, similar build, but as much as we're going to give you grief about that shirt, like I said, it's it's not Duke and it's not Clemson, so you know what? It'll pass. Who is your favorite uh, Seminole of all time? i got to give it to Derek Brooks. He's a hometown guy, man. Yeah. Man, he was a, he not- was a straight dog at Florida State, man. He did his thing out there. I'm surprised you didn't go offense because they have, like, history. Ward, Dunn, Bolden, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, little fact, I played defense all the way up until, like, my 11th grade year of high school. And then you got built by the offensive bug. Yep, exactly. I figured out I could do a lot of stuff with the ball, so I stuck with offense. Now, Matt, as someone, you know, from the South, and we have a lot of listeners who aren't from that area, can you explain what the difference between – Southern football and the rest of football in the country is as far as from the time you're a kid and until the time you finally hang up the cleats and become just a fan. Um, here, man, it's it's a religion. Like you know, in Texas, they're like, oh man, football is religion. Friday night, uh, it's shut down, stuff like that. And uh, I tell people all the time, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. And um, Mississippi, it's a different type of football. Uh, yeah, okay, you, uh, and Louisiana as well. You you know, Texas is all, oh, this is uh, it's a religion. Well, it's a religion over here too. And it run, it run a lot deeper over here. Because as Tyrone said, there's a lot of guys you play against from peewee to middle school ball. To high school ball, if you go to college, a lot of y'all play. We play against each other in college. Uh, then you know, if you fortunate enough to make it to the pro level, whether it's arena or uh, the NFL or the Canadian League, you play against these guys again. Then if you play semi-pro ball, you play against these guys. So I mean, it's just as deep, and uh, a lot of times we're a whole lot faster. And <laughs> a lot of times we, uh, you know, the the knock on the Big Ten is what they're slow. Yep. So, you know, down here, you can find a a, a DN that's six five, two six, and run a four five. 
you 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 probably go in the area and, and find five five or six of them. You can you can you can go and find um, athletes like uh, Tyrone that can play been playing defense all his life. Then they thing, you know, hey, I'm gonna stick you at quarterback, and it just it become natural. I can I can do that. Um, most most kids in the south uh, aren't just specialists at one position; they can play multiple positions. And so, you know, when you old when you old enough, uh, where I live at, there's a, the tackle league starts at four. And I know there's a lot of parents out there and stuff like that, but how many how many places you know that start a tackle league at four years old? None. Oh, one now. <laughs> You know, you can you if your parents sign off, you can play at four. You oh, in the four, you in the four through six division, and I mean, those kids even then play from the end of August to the first of December. And if they play all stars, they play up to probably the first week of Christmas. Then they take uh, they don't play basketball or anything like that. They or baseball. It's kids now that they take off the rest of December and January, and now there's spring little leagues of football that are showing up. Travel travel football is showing up. You got all that stuff. So, I mean, it is definitely, it's a bigger religion here than it is, in, in my opinion, in Texas. Because we a lot, of, a lot of the areas, we don't have a pro team. Your pro team is your high school team. Or mm-hmm. your, college, your college affiliation. Uh you know, uh, a lot of people in Alabama know who Hoover is. Yep. Uh, a lot of teams, that's who you take down. It, you know, it was at one point where, you know, Hoover still, they travel all over. But I told them Hoover has the benefit also of playing in a weak area, in my opinion, versus they come over to the other side of the state or the southern side of the state and you got Mobile, you got all the schools in Mobile, you got the schools in East Alabama and stuff like that. Well, how the playoffs set up, you will have, they do the top 10, the top 15 every year. Well, nine uh, anywhere between seven and nine, uh, seven and nine of those teams are ranked in the top 10, and they have to play each other. So you might be the number one seed and you're number two in the state. Well, congratulations, uh, East Alabama or Mobile for being number two in the state. Your first-round playoff game is against number six in the state. Why, who would benefit from somebody who's four and six? So, now, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, that so is. That's, that's that's a, yeah, that's wild. I mean, I, I see your point. Like, how uh, Hoover did have that a measure of fame, but then their coach got in trouble for, uh, let's just say, throwing his love around Alabama. We just, we just leave it at yeah. that. But you know All what right, he's doing so you, now? You know what he's doing now? What? Win the state championships in the state of Georgia. See. <laughs> <laughs> Hi to you. You. We bring up social media as far as because it's kind of entertaining to watch grown men act like children. Not all, but some. You know who you are, little guys. But is there, without saying a name, from what you read, is there? A quarterback that you personally want to embarrass. You don't say any names, but is, is there one that you read who talks it's a whole bunch of trash that you just want to put in his place? <laughs> oh man, you know what? I ain't gonna even go into it. Just know when the time comes, it's gonna come, and we're just gonna leave it at that. That means yes. <laughs> now, sorry, I got a question for you. We. You tend to wrap up the shows on, like, a lighter question. Now, you're from uh, Pensacola, right? Yes, sir. If you had a choice between going to eat at just, just Fish and Grits or Five Sisters, where would you go? Uh, can, I, can you repeat the question? I, could, I could hear, couldn't hear you say what was that. If you had the choice between going to eat at just Fish and Grits or the Five Sisters, where would you go to eat? Oh, just fish and grits, man. Look, that, that's how good, how good is that food, man? Man, it was just... I know the owners of just fish and grits, 
and they just throw down in there. Is it cheap or is it like expensive it's, or it's good, man? It's 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 fair. It's a fair price for what it is, you know. Do they give you a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fill they fill the tray up, man. What is your favorite meal on it? Like the like, what is your favorite kind of fish that you fry there? Catfish. That is true. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, Matt, as someone, like I said, as a, a southerner, how do you fall on the fish fry? What's your favorite fish to be fried? Uh, it's a, I got a, I got a, a that's a tough one. Got to be a tie between tilapia and uh, catfish. Now, up here, we get very little catfish, but when we do. I'm sorry, I will not share with anyone. My kids will get uh, off. No, no. Y'all can watch me eat it, or I can draw myself a picture of me eating it, and then y'all can go, I'll call it in later on. Like, catfish is it. <laughs> now, Ty, we ask our, we will start asking our guests this once, a, once per conversation. But if you had a choice, pecan pie or peach cobbler, what dessert would you eat? Pecan pie, man. What? I love pecan pie, man. I make it. I make it myself too. So it's like you know, I go out there and pick my own pecans, you know, and I, I make my own crust too. So it'd be like it'd be perfect, man. Come on, bro. I, 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 I tell you, man. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try. Like I had somebody up here. I make it one. It was good. I liked it. I mean. I've had it down south, but not, not too often since I live where there's no pecan trees and we have snow trees, basically. And it's more of, it's different. But let me ask you this, Matt. When it comes to the start of the season, what is the one team that you think will be a disappointment and why? The one team that might be a disappointment? Yep. Uh, well, since the season started, uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Georgia Kings right now. Um, I know they're a combined team and it's and it's new and stuff, but I know uh, I've seen some of the guys that they have, kind of familiar with them and stuff like that, and um, I expected a little bit. A little bit more from their last night. I, uh, they kind of, they kind of let me down. Uh, I think that that's my that's that's my big one. Uh, I would have, I would have to agree. Like I, like I knew that they were they had a they had a combined squad, and I you know try to do as much things like because teams don't like to post film other than like. Uh, Grady live footage, but from what I saw, they have ability. They have the ability to do this. What concerned me, like I said, was the fighting on the sidelines during this game. Y'all need to take that away from like a microphone. When when a microphone can pick up guys threatening each other on the sideline is just it's kind of whack. It's it's a bit much. I swear, whoever is coaching needs to grab somebody and settle their asses down. Ty, when you come down to it, as a leader on be it the Jets or the Gators, when you see players go at it on the sideline, how do you handle it? I mean, at the end of the day, I try to tell them, hey, guys, you know, we're in the middle of a game, first and foremost. Second second of all, you know, we, we're teammates. We're supposed to be family. Well, why are we fighting right now? But at the end right. of the day, I let them be grown. I let them do what they want to do because we're all grown men at the same time. And some of, some of them older than me, so it's like, you know, if I can act right, I know y'all can act right. But it's it it is what it is. Like if I tell, if I try to talk to you and you don't take it, just take it. Go on to the point of line, go home, whatever. Do what you got to do to each other. There, stop arguing on the sideline. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Now, Matt, when you like when you see guys, Matt, during the course of your extensive career, who fight on the side, like who are about to like throw hands, even though they're wearing the same jersey and pads and a helmet, what's your first reaction when you see people who want to fight it out on the sidelines? Separate them, first off. 
Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let my teammates tell you that my first thing is is the separating. Uh, second off, I I play on the thing is you have people families out here, and a lot of a lot of uh, players' kids come to these games. Is that what you want your son to see? Do you? They we already playing an intense game, but the last thing you want to do is showing them you arguing with your with your uh with your teammates and then it affects it on the field because you everybody can't take it the same way and they'll shut down on you. And then the other part is you end up creating clicks on your team. I play for I play with this dude but the other dude, man, forget him. I ain't playing with him. And that ain't nothing but a recipe for disaster. Because you got a team that's if you play a team that's all on the same page they gonna they gonna weigh you out. They gonna run you into the ground. Especially when they know the a person that gave up on his team. Oh, we are gonna run to him because he gonna get out of the way. He gonna give a five ten yards. Or he ain't gonna block for his quarterback. Or the quarterback ain't gonna try. Or he gonna keep getting stupid penalties. Or you you gonna have all type of personal fouls. You know. Is uh, but that's. You you definitely got to separate them. Try to talk them down, calm them down. Remind them what the biggest goal is. Remind them that you know you're trying to set an example for these kids and families and uh, different people who are there, and especially if they captains of the team or um, the proverbial uh, veteran leader and all that stuff. You don't you don't you don't need to be flipping. Let's talk about it in the locker room. Everybody don't mm-hmm. have to know the team dirty laundry. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, is is you trying to you trying to have a great organization and you trying to win a championship? That for sixty minutes, that's all we focus on. We no, we got sorry. Like, we, sorry, sorry. Go I'll go ahead. Yeah, no. I'll I go was ahead. just saying if we got to argue about it, we just go to the court. We just we just go to the locker room and and we hash it out. And then when we leave that locker room. That's where it's safe. It's over with. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, bro. I agree with that. Now, Ty, be- be- before we get out of here, what's the one thing that people wouldn't believe about living in the state of Florida? Oh, hmm. One thing people won't believe. Uh, well, like, can you give me an example of something like that? Like, if if it's expensive to live there, or like the friendliness of people, or things like that, like oh. something that was something that would surprise somebody. Oh well, um, it's not that expensive actually. It's uh, it's actually pretty pretty cheap to live here, because I know like where you stay up north, you get a one bedroom, you gotta pay fifteen sixteen hundred dollars a month. See down here, you can get one bedroom for six twenty five and be living good. So. That, that's 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 probably something that people don't wouldn't believe. Matt, what's the one thing about living in Alabama that people would be surprised about? Same thing. <laughs> 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 and and um, there you know, some people find out you're from Alabama. They be like, man, I don't know how you live down there. Every part of Alabama ain't ain't as bad as the news make it out to be. <laughs> uh, is it uh, some parts? Absolutely, but it's it's some it's some stuff uh, that's not as bad as as it is, and everybody ain't related in Alabama. <laughs> 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 so, um, and just like what Tyrone said about living, man, uh, right now. You get in, in Alabama. You can get a five bedroom, three bathroom house if you want to rent it. Nine hundred and ninety five dollars. Exactly. With yard space and everything. <laughs> and really, I mean, I have a friend of mine who lives out in uh, California, and they have a four hundred and twenty five square foot apartment. Two grand. Nah. Two, two grand, you living the life in Alabama, and, and especially Alabama and North Florida. You living the life. You, you living get you good. a lot. 
that gets you something the size of like a bathroom in California. Here it's here. Honestly, the the one thing that would surprise people are the mosquitoes. Like you would think that somewhere that's that's known not for being warm all year round, summer's warmer. You got mosquitoes, honestly, that look like they wear socks and shoes. Jeez, oh, man. Yeah, I, like, I would think that's a southern problem. <laughs> yeah, that's our problem. We deal with them mosquitoes. All right. I mean, look, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. some things that got fields, and, and mosquitoes are the biggest problem there. It ain't even playing the mosquitoes. <laughs> I mean, from the time you step out the house in certain, in certain days after, like, a like a good rain, if it's hot, a mosquito will jump on you and, like, sit on your back and, like, catch a ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, You're we, like... I don't, I don't think we got quite that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. But, Ty, I wanted to thank you for uh, coming on and joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Good luck thank against the golf. And you are always welcome to come down. Like, you're always welcome to come back. Good luck with the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Matt, we'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Good luck, Ty. All right, thank, thank you. You too, my boy. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Under the Helmet. We will catch you next week. Thank you. Good night.